really want to create a system where the revenue teams and the re recreation teams at a management level could decide how they want to run their journey to their activity. And once you figure out how you want to manage your activity from pricing, you really can get some cool stuff done. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Before we get going on this episode, if you find this show and content provides value to you, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a rating and a review on your podcast app. And if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Both really do help the show get found by new listeners, and we're all about getting more people in on the conversations we're having here. So with that, my guest today is Sean Tarter. He's the CEO of Real-Time Reservation, an organization that provides real-time inventory management software to the hospitality industry. I can tell you from personal experience that the process of driving ancillary revenue in a hotel is a difficult and frustrating exercise. You're either trying to come up with new ideas to get guests to pay for, wondering why no one is using something that you've put a lot of time and energy into building, or you're in the weeds because there was little visibility on how busy you'd actually be. The idea of revenue managing all revenue centers in a hotel has interested me for a long time, but there's never been a good way to do it. And you can make a really strong case right now that optimizing revenue while deploying your limited resources is the name of the game as we get into a busy summer travel season. Well, that's where today's conversation comes in. Sean and I talk about the how and why of whole hotel revenue management and some of the best practices that you can get behind right now to make an impact. So let's get to it. This is episode 96 of the Proven Principles podcast, Sean Tarter on whole hotel revenue management. Enjoy. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to have you. Pleasure being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Real-Time Reservations? What, what is the company all about? Yeah, so Real-Time Reservation is an integrated pre-arrival platform where guests staying at a hotel can pick all their amenities and activities and cabana rentals, uh, food and beverage options ahead of their stay. And because we're fully integrated into hotels, point of sale, property management system, credit cards, while the guest is at their stay, QR codes and different platforms, they can upgrade their experience. And it's fully integrated. So it's a lot of it's a lot of ease, especially with some of the staff training issues that we're seeing today. Yeah, I love that. So it's not just about making sure the right room at the right time uh, from a, res a revenue management perspective is looked after. You're talking, this is holistic. This is the entire property. Yeah, and, and it looks all ancillary opportunities. Um, and when you get to ancillary revenue, we notice that it has to work on the operations side first, not just on the revenue side. Um, so you really want to make sure that the system is scalable and scalable from a training uh, perspective as well. And once the staff can handle it, uh, then they can sell whatever they want. I got to get your hot take on where things are at right now. Um, and you mentioned staffing and, and labor. Uh, we're, we're right on the cusp. We just finished Memorial Day weekend uh, here in the U.S. Right on the cusp of this major, major travel season. A lot of stuff going on. So I'd love to just, let's kick it off. What, from your perspective, is happening in hospitality today? Yeah, so we, so we see a lot of opportunity, uh, a lot of traveling. Um, we see countries opening up their borders now. Everything real-time does is global. So we see an impact of, uh, an example would be Japanese travelers now being able to go to Hawaii. Um, so you see all these types of um, you know, obstacles or limitations before planes not being able to take off the, you know, to, to lift off the ground, to now seeing how do we handle all these guests coming in with limited staff, 
um, and how do we leverage technology where it makes sense? I think this is an interesting problem too, right? Because typically you need the staff by and large to drive the ancillary revenue because it's it's oftentimes it's more than just a an add-on. It's a thing. It's an experience somebody buys that has to be administered by somebody. And whether that's a direct administration in front of the guest or there's some back of house work that needs to happen to pull that thing together. So there's always a staff component. And we're just not in that space by and large right now. Have you seen this staffing issue start to start to affect the ancillary revenue driving efforts in hotels? You know, I, I do see an increase of it, actually. I see the opposite. So I think that um, we're making it so easy now for, for the staff. We have a, a product that deals with amenities, for instance. So you could order food or, or opportunities uh, for other guests. If your friends are staying at their anniversary, you want to send them strawberries and champagne to the room. Um, where in the past, you have strictly manual making phone calls to the hotel. Now you have a website where guests could do most of it themselves. And because of our credit card integration, see, we actually integrate directly into the hotel's credit card systems. Um, we work with Freedom Pay and with Alibon, with Shift 4, um, all the brand-approved gateways. And by having the, the guests and friends of guests be able to use credit cards, now you're securing the reservation, securing the food and beverage opportunity. Uh, so the hotel gets paid right away. It's not as if we're holding the guest revenue or help holding the guest money. It's the hotel that's doing it. So you really have an opportunity to really reduce the need to have hotel staff on every situation. And you can repurpose those staff at other, other spots. Um, but you could really record some nice increases in, in ancillary revenue opportunities because it's all automated for the staff to just handle delivery as opposed to handling the order taking as well. Removing friction, right? And that's one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how your company came to be. Uh, when we when we had our pre-call and you were telling the story, I think it was interesting how you you found this this opportunity that nobody had really gone after yet. Even though everybody, I really do believe in the industry, was just trying to figure out how do we how do we get another dollar or two from every single guest. And you you had this moment of like serendipity here. Huh? We 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 might have something here. Yeah, you know, it's it's it really started out in in the Caribbean, looking for for pool beach chairs. Um, very crowded scene. Obviously, most hotels suffer from a limited amount of pool chairs uh, or beach chairs, especially during holiday season. Um, how to allocate? Um, and then you also have a situation where you have a concierge team, a front desk team, a guest, physically located far away from each other. Um, so you have an opportunity for having double bookings um, and a real need for inventory management, inventory control, uh, capacity control. Um, and you also want to have a full audit of, of the hotel, make sure everyone's you know, acting appropriately, really in the, in the standards of the revenue management team. Um, so I found the need on the operations side. I wasn't really looking at the revenue perspective, more about the operations side. How do you reduce errors? How do you reduce compensating guests for mistakes that are, make, are being made? Um, so we spent uh, several years in the Caribbean, um, completely unpaid, just kind of curiosity of building a system that just made sense for allocating out cabanas, pool chairs, umbrellas, and, and that sort. Um, when we became successful, 
and actually the guests felt that their vacation was stabilized. Uh, we reduced anxiety of booking ahead of time. Um, all of a sudden, guests wanted to do more. They wanted to book more ahead of time, not just cabanas and pool chairs. But now they said, why can't I build my entire journey um, ahead of time? Why should I miss out on a yoga class if I could book it three months out or six months out, whatever it might be? And what if I pay for it ahead of time? Um, and then the hotels were saying, you know, if we knew, if we could forecast what was coming up, we could really plan for it. Um, maybe there's a rule for the kids club where you have, you know, five children per staff. Well, what if I knew that 10 children were going to show up or maybe 15? Can I really plan that ahead of time? Um, if there was a convention, I might not need any, anyone at the kids club. Um, so you're really planning and, and forecasting and it really became an operation challenge on how to look at everything. And then because we're a company that really wants to scale the back end, it was important that we looked at tennis and now we do a lot of parking, uh, cabanas, all really inventory management and the back of the system needs to be the same, look the same because you might only have one staff member controlling things from the marina to the kids club to cabanas. How do you make it easy to learn? Um, so we really focused on the operation side. The ease of staff use was a big deal. Um, the credit card system and the integration into point of sale um, also became really important for the finance team. So you kind of built a system that works perfectly. And then it just became, what else do you want to add to the cart? Um, and then all of a sudden the creative teams of the hotels really started getting involved here. Is, can I do candlelight dinner? Can I do bonfires? Uh, s'mores movie nights. Um, during COVID, it was all about uh, limited capacity. You know, how do I have six different yoga classes outside? Um, and I, I have a hard limit of how many people could be per per class. Um, so you start developing concepts here where it was capacity inventory management. Uh, we do a lot of shuttle service now to Disney, for instance, uh, but only maybe five people could fit in the shuttle. Uh, so instead of a shuttle running every hour, maybe empty half the time, all of a sudden now, like a yoga class, we have a shuttle. So you're kind of building things in a scalable way that staff could easily learn how to do it. And yet the guests could book ahead of time. So really what became more of a, what was started out really as a passion project to fix the operation challenge at the hotel, all of a sudden became a fully integrated pre-arrival platform where guests could book everything from, you know, spa to, you know, to, to any kind of revenue opportunity to whatever it might be, cabanas and, and pool chairs. Um, and it gave the hotel a sense of understanding the forecasting of every part of the property. Thinking back to a couple of the big resorts that I worked at where so many things were done, uh, the guests could book were done once they arrived or at some point during their stay, which made it really difficult to plan for. You just assumed that your kids club was going to be busy on Saturday, but you didn't really know that until Thursday or Friday, if that weekend you were going to be busy. Right. And I can see that there, there, obviously there's some benefits to pushing people to book things further out, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to get your sense on what sort of best practices, some of the properties that you work with that are doing this really well, do they do anything to really, like truly incentivize people to actually book things farther out, to really make the guests think about planning ahead and getting at least, you know, maybe 50% of your kids club booked for this Saturday. So you can have a better sense of what's going on. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we spent a good amount of time um, when we really first started years ago um, on yield management, um, realizing that at different moments, there's an incentive for the guest and for the hotel to get things done at different times. Um, so it could be based on time, time to arrival. Maybe you want the price to go down as you get close to arrival date automatically. Um, we really want to create a system where the revenue teams and the re- recreation teams at a management level could decide how they want to run their, their event, their, their journey to their activity. Um, and once you figure out how you want to manage your activity from pricing, you really can get some cool stuff done. So we have a situation where properties would, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, manually, manually really reduce the price of a cabana by 50%. Uh, maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon, another 25% might be decreased. But we're automating that now. Um, so we're allowing the, the rules to be in place. So there's very little decision-making on the, on the staff level. We want everything to be run by the management level. Um, you see a lot of times that guests might game the system. Hey, I see three cabanas that are open. You're not making any revenue. I'll give you maybe $100 for all three. Um, and the staff might really have good intentions here of saying, I got some revenue for the hotel. But they might not see the management um, strategy here of certain price points that make sense. So you really have to understand the global picture at each property in terms of what it takes to actually turn a cabana over. You bring up a really good point too, because we don't revenue manage those ancillary revenue opportunities typically, do we? It's just like the price of the cabana is this, or the price of breakfast is this. And it it doesn't matter whether you're running a weekend special or you've got a, a big rate reduction on property. If you're trying to drive business and the hotel is quiet, it, it could be anything. Or if you, maybe you have an opportunity to, to turn over a cabana using that example a couple of times throughout the day. And so instead of charging $200 for the day, you could charge 125 for two chunks and actually end up with more money. But we don't do a good job of thinking about that. So I, I, I like this, this way of thinking about it because it's, it's a huge opportunity. I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on what you've seen from a KPI improvement perspective. I mean, the the obvious answer is, well, hotels will increase their revenue. But are there any other KPIs that properties should be looking at or considering when they're looking at bringing in a system like yours? Each vertical, so to speak, each area of the property that's ancillary revenue is going to be looked at slightly different. Um, so when you look at something like cabanas that obviously we have a, a ton of experience in, or, or tennis, we have a ton of you know we have a ton of experience in each one of these areas. Um, kids club, um, marina, you know these are all parts of things that are managed separately from a technology perspective. It's relatively the same concept, parking. Um, but we see that we have other items that other factors that take hold here. Uh, weather might be a, a big part of this. Um, you, you might have a hotel comping. Um, tickets for something, event tickets, um, perhaps ownership or management levels are, are providing VIP comps or discounts. Um, so we see a lot of properties now looking at um, their budget, so to speak. How well do we do last month compared to you know year over year numbers? Um, and what was the reason why we, we maybe missed our target? Um, were we providing too many discounts? Were we uh, was was weather a factor? Um, so, so we kind of looked at this um, as, you know, what factors influence your revenue and what your budget, what your expectations were. How do you grow revenue? Um, we had a lot of properties look at our data and say, 
you know, I want to make a capital improvement. And here's my reason why. Here's my business case. It's a wonderful thing to go to ownership and say, if I made this cabana into a deluxe cabana, I could increase, you know, my, my revenue by $200 per day. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm expecting to have 15 days of sunny weather, whatever it might be. Um, and this is my, my expectation, you know, so can I purchase based on the business case as opposed to having just an idea that this would make sense? Um, and we can look at other properties nearby. We can look at basically um, helping you know, helping hotels with reporting. How much should you charge for a cabana? Um, and then what else can we do to add revenue? If you have 20 cabanas, how do you increase revenue if you pretty much always charge the same amount? Um, and yes, yield management is part of it. Um, perhaps packaging might play a role in this. You know, we see everything as a bundle concept to it. Can I add revenue from a different part of the hotel as part of it? You know, do you want to have a cabana plus kids club plus lunch, for instance? Um, do you want to have the day guest as part of it? Perhaps want a local to be part of the experience, uh, even though we're seeing right now a kind of a decrease in the need to have locals because the hotels are sold out. Um, so you really want to also balance um, the local side versus the overnight guest side, because if you have 50 pool chairs and there's a thousand guests, you definitely do not want locals at all near your hotel. Um, yeah, so it's really yeah. balancing all these different equations. We've done a lot of work right now with um, residences and condos um, and different different kinds of building structures and memberships that go along with the hotel. And using technology, you could actually separate out now. Um, what activities you want members to participate in, um, or do you want to increase a member's uh, price versus a hotel guest price? So you're able to kind of see is how do I add revenue with the same physical structures, and perhaps if I want to have a capital expenditure, now I can get an ownership with with real data behind all my suggestions. Yeah, I mean it goes back to the first point about revenue managing all these these different areas. There's there's a reason why revenue management from a room side, that there's a dedicated person, sometimes multiple people, that that's all they do. This is a, it's a, it's an art, it's a science, it's a different language in some cases. In some cases, you got to be able to make decisions very quickly. And there are systems that help you do that, that automate that process. Um, Does yours have any sort of automated component to this to help people make better decisions about driving revenue? Yeah, our, our reporting is really first in class. Um, we sit down with um, with brands, with management companies. Um, we have a lot of the brands are actually having their own people sit with us and develop reporting, um, develop live dashboards. Um, we want to make sure that the revenue teams understand the potential of everything that they're doing. Um, but we also want to make sure the operation team can handle it. So a lot of times the people that sit with us from the brand level look at both the operations as well as the revenue. Um, we built something a while ago into the system, which was a lead time. And the lead time allowed uh, the pastry chef to make a birthday cake, but needed three days notice. Um, a lot of times the uh, revenue manager would, or the food and beverage manager would say, I can get any, any brand of alcohol if you gave me 24 hours. Um, the, the, the folks at the valet service said, I can get you a car within two hours. Um, for folks at the marina said, can you give me three days, I can get any kind of boat. So we realized that there's opportunities for revenue based on time that you need to book. Um, technology allows us to do that, um, even in these environments where the staffing is, is hurting. Um, but you really have some opportunities to have, you know, the folks at the brand level, management level, ownership level, really sit with us to look at forecasting and use our reporting. 
Um, we're doing a new project, um, which will be announced shortly with a, a, a great partner on looking at ancillary revenue reporting um, and optimization, really understanding how much can I charge for a martini? How much can I charge for a cabana? Um, which hotels are like my hotel and how much are they charging? You'd be surprised when you look at, at, at 50 cents, a dollar, two dollars. On cabanas, it could be $25 or more that you can actually look at elasticity of demand. Um, and understand how much you can actually charge because everything that you do is multiplied by, you know, 30 days a month times this times that, and it could be multiple times a day, multiple items that you're looking at. Um, so we look at all different kinds of factors in our reporting. Our data analytics are really, really top end, and it's for that purpose. Does this usually live with the revenue management team at a hotel? Because I, I can see a situation where this just gets thrown on the front office manager. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, we have different folks at the properties, and it could be by region as well. Um, a lot of the brands, we're at the regional level, we're at the global level now. Um, we we have to get this right. Um, so it could be the general manager that's very engaged. It could be the front office manager. It could be the recreation person. Um, you know, when we first started, we saw a lot of the recreation team says, you know, look, I, I spend three hours a day on reporting, uh, three hours a month on reporting. Um because their finance team needs to see it. But the recreation team doesn't really have the experience um, or, the, or the time to really create Excel spreadsheets. Um, so we started building reports based on the actual demand of the recreation team. What do you need us to do? Our reports capture every data element that you could think of. We're heavily involved in also tracking uh, where guests are landing, what pages they're landing on. So you have a good real sense of what the finance and forecasting teams need to see. And we kind of tried to work on eliminating the need for the recreation team to be part of the numbers and reporting. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. If you're analyzing data, give it to the data analyzers. Don't give it to the people who are on the front lines to have an execute every day. Yeah, that's not necessarily a skill set. I'm with you there. Um, I've got to ask you, what are some of the best selling things that you've seen some hotels put on there? Because you could also you could go crazy. If you're limited by your imagination, you could just put too much on there, I imagine. So where should the the typical hotel be looking to make the biggest impact? I, I'd say it's really, you know, every location is going to be different. You know, if you if you are in Arizona versus Florida versus California versus a ski resort, right? So every hotel right now probably knows what their strength is, what people want to go to. Um, it could be an outdoor movie night because the scenery is amazing or, or, you know, breakfast or something like that. I would say this, that we see um, extremely successful properties um, increase their revenue by increasing exposure to kind of unique experiences, guest experiences. Um, a lot of times a revenue manager would say, what if I just try this? What if I give a, you know an expensive experience? Would someone take it? Um, it winds up really being a numbers game. A certain percentage of guests will do you know, A, B, and C, you know, a basic premium deluxe concept. Um, and it depends on what that might be. If you're celebrating a major event and your entire family's there, you might really want premium level opportunities. Um, if you're with your family, you might want a different concept of an opportunity. Um, so we see, you know, hotels that are very successful, not really pick a, a certain event. Um, although we do see that as well, you might have a, a great tennis event because the town happens to be tennis related at that moment, or the property is known for tennis as an example. But we see the properties that really know their guests. Um, 
that could understand if I offered this, what would happen? Um, if I put an, an Xbox Cabana package together, I know it's going to sell a certain amount of video game concepts um, where other properties would say there's no way we're allowing video games in our cabanas. Um, but, but you really see that the, the managers that really understand who's showing up at the hotel are going to plan perfectly for that event. And what's cool about our technology is they're leveraging technology. Um, the guests are fully informed. Uh, they're being advertised to. Um, our brands that we work with have fully approved us to be part of the welcome email. Uh, social media is part of this. Uh, QR codes throughout the property, the way we handle different types of deep links that guests can go right to certain pages based on some desire they might have. Um, so we see the, the properties that are engaged that understand um, who's who's at the hotel, what kind of price points they think they can they can achieve, um, are very very successful using technology. Um, but but I would really stress the fact that it's all operations. Um, you know, so no matter what you're offering on the revenue side, you have to make sure your team can handle delivery. Otherwise, what's the point? Makes perfect sense. It always comes down to operations at the end of the day, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can sell whatever you want, but you got to execute. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sean, I, this is great. I, I, I definitely see um, a lot of opportunities here, and I, this discussion around revenue managing uh, every aspect of your every revenue stream, and then creating new revenue streams and revenue managing that. That is something we've been talking about forever. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that there's a tool out there now that can help people do that. If anybody wants to learn more about you or Real-Time Reservation, where should they go? So realtimereservation.com, um, we're always there. Um, obviously emails get answered very, very quickly with us. Uh, we built our system really based on partnership and service. Um, she'll always be able to reach someone by phone, by email. Uh, we're always there and we're global. So it's a, it's kind of around the sun model where um, we want to make sure that our hotel partners globally are getting the same uh, same treatment as if it was local. Love it. All right. It'll be linked in the show notes. Sean, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. This was my episode with Sean Tarter. You can learn more about real-time reservation at realtimereservation.com. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not a subscriber to the podcast, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For past episodes or to get in touch with us, just go to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at The Proven Principles Podcast, or you can find us on LinkedIn. I'm Adam Knight, and you've been listening to The Proven Principles Podcast. Until next time.